0: All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, it's been, again, a minute, only just because I feel like life is life. And, you know, I feel like we're going to talk a little bit about that today in this episode about, you know, just kind of everything that, uh, you know, I, I almost want to avoid using the word burdens, but burdens us down as women, as moms, as spouses, as Entrepreneurs is everything, and I apologize if you can hear lots of background noise. I'm in a completely different setup today. For those of you guys who haven't followed my journey, as we've moved, and so yeah, I apologize if you can hear literally everything that's happening in my house. But um, anyway, we're going to be talking a little bit today about all of those things. So, kind of what goes into not just running a business, but your life. And chances are, as a mom, as a spouse, as a business owner, as you know whatever hats you wear, you know you're juggling so many things and operating in this this mental load that that can weigh you down. Because you may be wondering, you know, why do I feel burnt out? Um, or maybe you're not. Maybe you're like, I know why the hell I'm burnt out. <laughs> you know, it's I feel like people sometimes they feel it, but they don't know what to call it. They don't know why they're they don't like have a name. And I feel like when that happens, when you do that, when you have something to attribute it to you're able to kind of attack it from a different angle. So that's kind of what we're here to do today is also kind of let you guys know that it it may not just be you. It may not just be your, your lifestyle or your circumstance or your relationship. It's just something that a lot of people struggle with. And the name of it <laughs> is called the mental load. Um, and I think not necessarily like more than me, but in a different way, I think Tracy can so well explain this just because she has so much to carry as a mom of 10 and just all the various hats she wears. And this actually was kind of inspired by a post that she had made or a conversation her and I had. So I'll just kind of like let her take it away a little bit. And I'll just kind of chime in from almost like a psychology perspective about why it happens. And even just kind of, you know, from my own personal experience. So, I mean, Tracy, what do you, for you, You really kind of have, I mean, this has been something that's ongoing, I think for every woman, but I, I mean, in general, things had really come to a head a couple of weeks ago where just, there was so much going on. So like, talk to us a little bit about that and kind of what your experience was in this kind of revelation.
1: Yeah. So I want to say first, I think the reason why a lot of people don't know what to call it or don't know how to talk about it or don't talk about it, whatever, is just the stigma around it. Like if if you see that you're burnt out as a mother, you are automatically a bad mom. Yeah. That is just the stigma behind it. Is that really what society is saying? Probably not, but that is the burden that we are then placing on ourselves that we can never be burnt out. We can never have any sort of resentment or issue ever in our life. We are supposed to be smiling and happy all of the time or else right. we're bad moms. Yeah, So Absolutely. Nobody nobody wants to wake up on a Tuesday and be like, hey guys, guess what? I'm like feeling a lot of resentment around my family because I'm having mm-hmm. to do everything by myself. <laughs> right. So, yeah. What really kicked this into like overdrive for me recently is uh, I got, I got COVID (laughs) for the second Second time. (laughs) I got COVID for the second time, which was insult to injury to begin with. I never leave my home. For those of you who don't really follow my journey, like I I literally am just all about my kids all the time because there's so many of them. I don't have any time to go anywhere else. So I literally, I bring them to school. I pick them up from school. I bring them to all of their extracurricular activities or doctor's appointments, therapies and things. And that's it. Like I don't go anywhere else. So the fact that I caught COVID was just hilarious. Um, But I happened to catch COVID at the exact same time that my husband was going to be leaving for five days on a hunting trip. That he had been planning for months. I right away feel that mom wife burden of I cannot ask him to not go on this hunting trip. Right, like that was that was step number one right there. I can't ask him not to go on this trip. Now, if the shoe were on the other foot, do I feel like he would have asked me not to go on a trip? Yeah, honestly, I do because he's a dad. (laughs) When dads are sick, I don't mean this disrespectfully at all when dads are sick, it is the end of the world. Right. So if the shoe were on the other foot, it would, it would be an option for him to request that I not go on whatever trip it was. Um, so that was like a brick added to the wall kind of. Um, and then, you know, I'm left alone with 10 kids and COVID and they still had like, lives to live. So I needed to make sure that I was distanced from them. And it it was just like a whole thing. So he gets home from his hunting trip after I've dealt with all of that. And then of course we're kicking it into high gear with hockey and we have school. And one of our kids had an IEP and then had 504 meetings and one of our other kids is in therapy right now. And there's just so many things that everybody was needing all at one time. And I literally, I felt like I snapped Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like one day. I was fine. The next day I was not, I was just sad. Um, I didn't want to do anything. I had zero focus. I was unable to complete a single task in completion, right? Like, like I could start something, but I couldn't finish it. Um, I couldn't really manage my emotions very well, which is not a good, a good way to uh, go through motherhood in the first place, much less whenever you have 10 of them, you need to be able to control your emotions. That's a vital part of this, but it was just, it was just so um, it was so weird this time. Cause it was almost like an outer body experience. Like I was feeling all of these emotions, but then I was the, this subconscious part of me was looking at it. Like this wouldn't be happening if you were the dad this wouldn't be happening mm-hmm. if you were the dad you wouldn't have to be doing this if you were the dad you know what i mean and it right. just boils down to the person who is the main caregiver of the children everything is a responsibility whereas the person who is not everything is optional and yeah. if you, if you are the person that gets to have it be optional you have got to keep that in mind like, husbands, if you are listening to this, I don't know if we have any listening to this, but if we do, you have got to remember that everything is optional for you, and you at least need to do, like, a weekly check-in with your spouse. Like, how are you doing? You need anything from me? Whatever it might be. Because, man, yeah, to just feel like every single thing is a responsibility is nuts. Like... What yeah. time do the kids have to get to school? What time do they have to be picked up? Who needs this for school? Who needs this snack? Who has this homework done? The science fair for this kid is on this day. The science fair for this kid at this school is on this day. And we have hockey and we have this practice and we have guitar lesson and we have robotics club and we, right. Yeah. It's a <laughs> lot. <laughs> yeah. And I think too,
0: again, if any, if any matter listening, or even as a spouse, if you're listening, you're like, I don't know okay, there's two, there's two schools of thought here. You can, um, defend them only because you think, well, they do ask and they do volunteer and they do help. Right. Which is very true. Um, or, you know, it can just be, well, that's, this is just my role. This is just what I do, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, and here's the thing, here's, here's what I kind of want to point out is that while helping is, very helpful, right? Right. Vo- while volunteering is quite helpful. Here's the thing. And here is what a lot of people don't understand. Sometimes even women themselves bearing the mental load, don't understand is being asked what to do uh, adds to that mental load because now you have an additional role of manage manager. Like your mm-hmm. job is to manage their tasks. I need to tell you what to do is not helping me necessarily. Yes, you doing the task is helping. Thank you so much. But you putting the responsibility on me to task you out with this is not necessarily helping my mental load. It is not necessarily reducing the responsibilities I have, right? So my kids, my kids have chores, right? But to some extent, it's not necessarily like they are just jumping up out of bed, doing all their stuff. Oh, Yeah. It's like, Hey, can you, don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do your chores. Hey, don't forget to empty the dishwasher. Hey, you forgot to do this part of your assignment for school. Hey, don't forget to. And they complete it. Absolutely. And I'm very grateful. So the fact, so I don't want people to misunderstand, like my husband asks, you know, hey, what can I help? What can I help you out with? Right. And I ask him and he does it. I'm so grateful for that. Yes, that is very helpful. But you know what would be great and what actually
1: helps with the mental load is not having to tell you. Exactly. Like knowing where like the chore chart is at, knowing right yourself to walk to the chore chart that has lived in that same location for like five years. Yeah. <laughs> walk to the chore chart, see who has what chore and you divvy out the chores this day. Yeah. You plan the meals this week, like take right. something from the mental load because it's I can wash dishes all day long. I can do laundry all day long. I can go yeah. outside and cut the grass for you as like a thank you for all that you do at work. Yeah. I, I can run two businesses full time and be a seven figure earner. Mm-hmm. None of that is near as exhausting as the mental load of being everybody's everything all of the time. Right.
0: And like you were saying earlier, there's the person who bears that, then there's the person who aids. Like there's the person like the president and then the vice president like there's the person who heads everything up and then there's the one that just really helps out. And it's like equal, but different and not all, not all relationships are like this. And if you're in that burnout phase, it's definitely something you, you need to really practice with your communication, telling somebody proactively, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what could help. And then it's like this, this partnership. So um, that, that is like a, a long growing, like pain that people go through, I think, in their in their marriage, because that's something that a lot of women or spouses, the what the main caregivers really battle with. That's this resentment. And it's one of those things where you don't necessarily resent the person. You don't resent what they do or don't do. It's almost like you just resent the position that yeah. you hold. Like why me? Why, why I did not volunteer for this. I did not volunteer as okay. tribute. <laughs> you know, it's okay. like I had, I got into a relationship with a person. (laughs) We did the same thing, had the same, you know, whatever. We both had these children. Why all of a sudden am I the one having to do X, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then they come in with like this supplementary stuff. And while it's helpful, it's very appreciated. It's hard. And I think that's why women get this like really bad rap of just like, oh, she's just going crazy. I don't know why she's so crazy today. I don't know why she... And it just drives me nuts because I think that so many partners don't understand that it's not that she had to do the dishes. It's not that she couldn't go out for girls night. It's not these little things. It's not that she can't juggle. And I kind of this conversation with, with my partner before too is like, yes, it's not that I can't juggle doing the dishes, watching the kids and doing the laundry. It's not that I can't do that. It's not that that's overwhelming for me what they're not seeing. It's like an iceberg, right? They're looking at it like, why are you so overwhelmed? All you have to do all day is this, 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 this. You're like, yeah, if that's all it really was, you're right. I can see why you would think that I'm just, I can't handle anything, but it's, it's this iceberg. It's so many little things that are constantly ongoing. It's like, you're not just juggling like these three balls you're juggling like marbles like a handful of marbles and you're just throwing them up in the air and then when no one notices when you catch them <laughs> they only notice when you drop them and it's just like well, why couldn't you why, why can't you get that one i'm sorry my hands aren't big enough
1: <laughs> oh man i have like the perfect example to this it literally happened today and it, I mean, it's it's an example for what we're talking about, an example for exactly what you were just saying, throwing the marbles, yeah. and noticing that you're catching. We were actually planning to do this podcast, what, two hours ago? Yeah. As we were getting ready to sit down to do it, I got a text message um, and then a phone call from my kindergarten son's teacher and he was falling asleep in class. I had to go pick him up, whatnot. Well, I had also texted my husband to let him know that I needed him to call me because we need to discuss something that was happening with the hockey situation which I'm that's also something I'm handling. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, even though you are not the hockey
1: coach. Right. You're not the you hockey are, coach. Yeah. I'm not on the board of directors, both of which he is, but I'm handling it's it's crazy. Yeah. That's just what my responsibility is. So anyway, <laughs> As I'm driving, so I had to, I had to notify you that I had to wait a few minutes. As I'm driving to the school, my husband calls me and I, I answer the phone. And I said, I'll have to call you right back. I'm, I have to go to the school to pick up Remington. And he says, okay, well, hurry up because I'm going to be without service soon. Totally understand that he's going to be without service. He wants to talk yeah. to him about the hockey situation. No, what's wrong with Remington. He doesn't have to worry about it. It's right. optional for him, right? It's not like, this is not a diss to him, right? He obviously loves our son very, very much. He's obviously a very good father, but it's optional for him because his first thought is not what's wrong with my child, right? Yeah. Mine. And then I go and I pick up the baby. He's five, whatever. I go and I pick up the baby and I come back home and I, I call him back. And it's still like zero, zero words about, How Remington is doing, like how my day is going. I even mentioned, like, I had to stop, you know, our podcast to go and do this and all that. Like, it's optional and nobody even notices. Like, yeah. What if when the teacher called, I said, I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of a meeting. I'm unable to come and get him right now. Can you call his father? Yeah. He would have told her to call me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's optional. Yeah. I also think it's funny, like, you're their
0: default call. Right, right. You know, wh- why not, dad? And obviously this is, this plays into a larger conversation. We, you know, that could be 10 podcasts. But I mean, it, it's one of those things too, where um, if I waited, right, six months, something like that, and I just looked at Richard, my husband, and just said, hey, have the kids had their, their teeth cleaned? He'd be like, I don't know. Like, he'd look at me like, that's, that's your responsibility. How would I know? don't know their dentist, don't know their doctor. Like if I asked him, Hey, the kids have an appointment tomorrow at Thursday, you know, t- tomorrow at two on Thursday, whatever. Could you bring them? He'd say, absolutely. Cause I'm tasking right. him out. I'm giving him specifics. I need this from you. Can you go do it? Yes. He can complete the task and it's great. Right. But I have to remember when their appointments need to be made. I have mm-hmm. to make their appointments. I have to remember their forms when we move. I have to remember to collect all of their stuff. I have to remember to do all of those. Right. So it's like, Again, like we were talking about, it's the iceberg. It's not just make the appointment. It, it you know, and uh, he even asked me the other day, he's like, "When was the last time the kids had their teeth cleaned? And I'm like, you can also make them an appointment. Well, right. I don't know their dentist. Well, we just moved. So neither do I, <laughs> we're going to have to go find that one. Right. Um, and so again, and it's not that he's being a lazy piece of crap. It's just, it's almost this, like this, this un- understood thing, that somehow it's just mine which is hilarious because in my brain, I think, well, the cars is just something that he handles right in my brain. But he'll just say, sometimes he'll be like, when's the last time you had the oil changed on this? And in my brain, I'm like, no, no, like you handle that. But he's thinking like, nah, girl, it ain't my car. <laughs> and I'm like, oh crap. So it's just one more thing. Right. And then and then it turns into this larger conversation, again, depending on where you are in your relationship or what happens that day or where you are in your mood and how it catches. But it's just like, why do I have to remember
1: everything? <laughs> you yeah. know? No, I mean, we and- have, where are as women, our bodies are in a constant fluctuating state of like, yeah. changes, right? Like it literally, your progesterone goes up and down two times a month. Your estrogen's going everywhere, like yeah. just as a physiological, like, System, <laughs> we're basically nuts to begin with, and then you right. start <laughs> piling on all of this mental <laughs> load, and you don't insert a, a more emotional support person. That's the key. You need mm-hmm. your spouse to be your emotional support person. So, spouses, again, listen up, be the emotional support person. How are you? I'm doing a check in. Are you okay? What right. can I do to make this easier? Right? Like, be present. Be that person. Yeah.
0: I mean, and like we were talking about earlier, and I know we kind of, I don't want to say shamed the idea of asking, Hey, what can I do to help? That's the second best thing. Clearly always offer. If you don't know, ask, we're never going to say, Oh, don't do that. Don't ask. Always ask. But here's something even better is assume what needs to be done and just do it. I guarantee even if you do it wrong, she will be so eternally grateful you know, like if you look in the laundry room and there's laundry in the dirty hamper, guess what? Your adult brain says, wash it, <laughs> right? There's dirty dishes missing. Your adult brain says, put them in the dishwasher, right? It's 10 o'clock and the kids are still up and she's losing her marbles. Guess what? It's probably bedtime. You know what I mean? Like those yeah. kinds of things. And They're so small and you feel like they may not help, but they are, you're taking one more thing off of her plate to juggle. It's one less thing that she has to do. And that essentially is what she's looking for. And it's the same thing. So, you know, as, as other people know, whether they found us through, however they did is we own a business and, or a couple. And sometimes when that, that mental load, not just to mention it's piling on the existing mental load you already have as an adult, as a spouse, as a mother. But on top of that, it's other people saying, hey, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? Hey, I know that you explained this to me already, but can you explain it again? Hey, you know, I don't know what needs to be done. Hey, I'm feeling stuck. Hey, this, hey, that. And depending on how fast you answer or if you answer or if it's the right answer (laughs) or whatever, again, it's almost like Groundhog's Day. It's like constant over and over and over again. And I also think that this is really what aids in a lot of people experiencing burnout with their jobs, whether it's they're working for somebody else or working for themselves. I mean, especially working for yourself because you bear all the the mental load, all of it. Um, But it's, it's just so important to I think understand what it is to give it that name and to just understand like, okay, if I'm getting snappy, if I'm getting resentful, if I'm starting to have ill feelings towards my husband or my, you know, my partner or my kids or my job or whatever, chances are I'm just taking on way too much and I need to delegate. It's okay to delegate. I had a conversation with a lot of people.
1: There is be in the word no. Yeah. And I am like, I'm preaching to the choir with that one. I absolutely will forever and always pile too much on my plate at any given time. Um, because it's just who I am. Like, (laughs) I think it's who a lot of us are as entrepreneurs and mothers. And like, it's, that's just in our DNA. That's how we are. That's why we are in the situation that we're in in the first place. Um, but there is beauty in the word, no, and we have to learn what we can handle and what we cannot. And it might be something as simple as like, no spouse, I cannot handle going to the dry cleaner for you today. You know what I mean? Like just saying that simple, no, no child, I cannot handle bringing you to the store right now. We can, you know, get it on this day or whatever. Right. Um, just being able to say no on those little things really makes a world of difference.
0: Absolutely. Because I also think we tie our worth as insert, you know, blank, whatever it is, other spouse entrepreneur doesn't matter. We associate our worth with like how much we can do, like the quantity of things that we can handle without asking for help, without okay. being perceived as weak, yeah. without. Um, I, I don't know. I just think without this stigma, like we were talking about, of just like oh, you can't handle it,
1: right? You like because we're going to get some sort of trophy at the end of it for being super- right.
0: Yeah, like we're all kind of competing with this non-existent idea of perfect mm-hmm. motherhood or perfect spousehood or whatever and it does it never happens it it doesn 't come there's a comp- the competition doesn 't exist. Society has created this like non existent expectation that women are supposed to take on everything do everything, and I almost feel like every year it just it just progresses more and more and more like what we 're expected to do like And again, I think everything kind of lends into this broader conversation of like this whole shift in society, but it's one of those things where, you know, women, you know, obviously were expected, you know, you can put that in air quotes, you know, to do certain things. Okay, cool. That might be different for, that might be different for every family. Maybe you were expected to work and be the breadwinner. Maybe you were expected to stay home and take care of your kids. Maybe you were expected to do this, this, this whatever it was. Well, guess what? Now those expectations have changed and now you're expected to do all of it. You're expected yeah. to be, you know, uh, earn seven figures, get a doctorate, have, uh, two, you know, two kids with a white picket fence and still play, you know, your co-op sports and still volunteer at the PTA and still make sure, you know, you're going to the yoga studio and making sure that you're volunteering at the soup kitchen and, again, like, yes, 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 yes. I have to do all these things because they somehow quantify my worth and my value as a woman in today's society, which is just so, and I hate this word, but toxic. It's just so toxic to our mental health and the expectations we place on ourselves. So, I mean, really, when you think about it, we are responsible for that mental load Yeah, and it has to do with an inability or lack of desire to delegate for whatever reason. Um, and I know for me, when I have to tell my husband, no, if I sense like frustration in his voice or whatever, I instantly feel this, this had like sinking feeling of like m- my value somehow decreased. And like, it's this imaginary thing. Like somehow in, in his eyes, my value is
1: decreasing. Right. And he's not saying that your value right. is decreasing. Your kids aren't telling you that your value right. is decreasing. You yourself are saying it. Gosh, yeah. I feel that. I, yes. Daily. Yeah.
0: Like I'm always just constantly like, oh my gosh! If I just say I can't do this, he's gonna he's gonna like roll his eyes and be so annoyed and think I just can't do anything. And right. that's one. It's wrong of me to assume that that's what he's thinking because I'm prescribing this this thought process that he may or may not be having. And then down the road, when my mental load becomes too great, that's the narrative that I'm telling myself, even though it may or may not be true. And I can always tell when I'm getting to that state because I have fake conversations like in my car or as I'm walking yes. around doing things. And I pretend like I'm having that conversation with him. Yes. <laughs> <My God. laughs> like you have fake arguments. Cause you're like, if hey, you were here, this is exactly what I would say.
1: And then yeah. I get like real mad at him because of our yeah. fake argument that I had in my own mind. Right. He was in the
0: fake argument. He was absolutely not being understanding and cooperative. And <laughs> you know, inside. it's just like, yeah. And I think I was talking to a lot of women. So, you made a post and it really prompted me to just kind of expound on that. And I got a lot of feedback from women, just kind of saying, like, you know, that I identified this really resonates with me. And, and in longer conversations with them in Messenger, a lot of it was just, it really had to do with this, not necessarily a lack of desire or a fear, but maybe somewhere in the middle where they were just not communicating with their partner. Yeah. They were just, you know, not telling them, Hey, this is what I need you to do. Or Hey, it would really be helpful if you could do this or Hey, things are feeling really inequitable. I know for me, and maybe this is something that happens at the beginning of every relationship is you set the tone, but you set unrealistic expectations for yourself and your spouse's eyes.
1: Absolutely. And then they get used to it. And then whenever it's years down the road and you're exhausted and you can no longer do all the things that you were doing, then all of a sudden it's, you've changed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. That's my favorite. I always try to tell my husband that that's, that's his go-to like everything's changed. You've changed. You've changed again. This is not a bash the husband's session. Like this is human nature. This is absolutely human nature, no matter your gender or whatever. Um, right. But I I have to remind him like, yes, I have changed because whenever we first got together, I was a single mother of six children. And I was literally a workhorse who did every single thing by myself. And then we proceeded to have four more children. (laughs) (laughs) That total up to 10. Um, and now for the first time in my life, I think this is like the biggest thing for me right now. For the first time in my life, I am trying to figure out who I am. My, my body is completely different for the first time ever. It is not pregnant or breastfeeding. Like literally Mm -hmm. since I was 18, I have been pregnant or breastfeeding. Right. So this is the first time in my adult life where I'm not. This is the first time in my adult life that I even have 5 seconds to spare a thought about what my own interest is or my own desires are or um how I want to dress or how I want to wear my hair as a this has nothing to do with it but like I have a past um of like sexual trauma and things like that so like this is the first time in my life that I'm even able to wear a clothing outfit of my choice right without yeah. having to think about like am I inviting somebody to harm me? Am right. I pleasing this person or whenever I was pregnant, having to wear maternity clothes so that I could fit the baby <laughs> or whatever yeah. nursing, having to wear specific clothes so that I could have easy access, right? Like something as simple as that, trying to figure out what kind of clothes I like, how I want to wear my hair, all of those things. This is all new. So yeah, bud. I have yeah.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's all about this journey of, of, Not just discovering who you are, but discovering how you want to be who you are, like the level, not even the level of empowerment, but we all go to different lengths with where we feel our, our, our level of empowerment, like, okay, this is, this is the max, this is where I want to go and I feel comfortable and this is what I need, whereas some people need to go farther, some people don't need to go quite as far, and we're all just kind of in this like testing the boundaries like testing the boundaries of that level of empowerment like hey this is this is what i need right um and i went through the same thing when i first you know got married i just i my parents they had a broken marriage and so i had this this idea of like Well, it was like, oh, my mom's fault. And clearly the woman is to blame because she can't make her husband happy. So I'm just never going to do anything wrong and be the perfect wife and always say yes and never get mad and blah, 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 blah. Right. And I always remember telling Richard like four or five, six years into our marriage, like I created this monster, not that he was a monster, but like what we were going through and how he was the pushback I was getting, like we would be arguing Because what I used to do, I wasn't doing anymore and it felt lazy or it felt whatever to him because I had set the bar up here when in reality, the bar should have been like mid-level down here, right? And so it was calling more out of him and that felt uncomfortable to him. And I kept telling myself, I created this monster. I created this reality that I'm living in because I just set such unrealistic expectations for myself in his eyes. And that's not necessarily his fault because it almost, in essence, I was kind of lying to him it, like, Hey, this is me yeah. who I am. I can be on, I can be a hundred all the time. Like I wasn't being authentic. I wasn't allowing myself to be like, yeah, I can't do that. Or that's just, I'm not willing to, or I'm tired. I don't want to do, you know, no, I don't want to, you know, whatever. Or Yeah, of course. Go out to that party. I'll watch our brand new, you know, baby Go ahead. I'll see you at 3 a.m. Like, yeah, I'm totally cool with that. No, I'm not totally cool with that. Like, mm-hmm. i could gonna be honest, I was
1: essentially lying to him. I was saying mm-hmm. I was cool with it when I wasn't cool with it, you know. Um, yeah. or saying kay. that you're cool like with your actions, like showing right. you're cool with a lack of communication, mm-hmm. or showing that you're cool with like um a specific characteristic that they might have themselves because you right. don't want to lock the boat, you don't want to. You don't want to express yep. yourself because we're taught to, yeah, fit
0: in this cute little nice box, and only if the box is like really beautifully delivered will it want to be opened, you know, like and accepted. And so, I think that we add to this mental load ourselves, and then we almost just kind of we know we've trapped ourselves in this box, and we kind of just say like, screw it. We know we put ourselves here. We might have just learn to operate in it, and. Yeah. And it's just kind of this complete, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. (laughs) My husband must be home or or walking, I don't know. Um, But, sorry y'all, hold on a second. Let me, let me pause this and I'm sure Tracy will talk to you a little bit about it. I'm going to go make sure my dogs don't pull your your eardrums out.
1: Yeah. So I think right now I just want to offer, um, some encouragement to anybody that might be listening to this right now and feeling the way that, you know, I was feeling a week or so ago, or, um, the way that I felt multiple times in my life. If you are at that stage of burnout and resentment for your family or your spouse, or feeling like you are alone and you are the only person in the world that is dealing with this, you are absolutely positively not the only person, like, please be encouraged in knowing that there are millions of women across this planet who are feeling exactly the same way at exactly the same time that you are. And, um, you know, that, that little cliche saying, it takes a village, whatever you truly do need a village to get through life the way that it is right now. Right. We were not created to be alone. We were not created to handle all of these things on our own. Right. Like we were created to be family units. So let's lean into one another, Let's make sure that we're offering a kind word to our fellow mom, right? Reach out a, a simple Facebook message of, "Hey, Mama, how's your week going?" That right there could totally could totally change the entire course of somebody else's week. I know it did for me. It absolutely did for me. People randomly just noticing that my posts were like not quite as happy and cheerful as they normally were were reaching out to me like, "Hey, I hope you're okay. I'm just kind of sensing that something's going on, yeah, right. So just, just be there for one another. And if you are the person feeling like you're really alone and nobody is reaching out to you, please reach out to somebody. Absolutely. Don't just suffer alone. Find somebody, your best friend, your mom, your cousin, me. I don't care. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever message me. And I will love to be that emotional support person for you because we have to stick to that village mindset. We have to be there for one another.
0: Absolutely. For those of you guys who don't know, Tracy's a lifestyle coach and is amazing for helping women, I think in general, whether it's, it's really just kind of navigating life, navigating this space and almost kind of having like this, this confidant to kind of help hold space for you, but also lead you in a direction that brings you closer to your more authentic self and kind of empowering you to do that. So absolutely reach out to her. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think it really is. It's just understanding. I think all of us, especially as women, unfortunately we, we have this downfall of harshly judging other women. And I think we forget that we're judging them on the tip of the iceberg, right? So that mom that's losing her temper in the checkout line at the grocery store has, it has, again, her marbles are all up in the air and everyone in life is demanding that she catch them all. And you know, you may be catching her at a moment where they're dropping. Right You know, And it's so easy to compare your journey to her journey or to say how you could have done it differently, or you could have done it better or how she could be doing it better. And, and I think that a lot of the times it's really just about understanding that it's so much more than just what you see. It's so much more than waking up and doing the dishes and going to work and bringing the kids to daycare or homeschooling them or whatever it is that you do. It's so much more than that. And it it really is all about digging deeper. And I think truly understanding how much your brain has to handle and juggle and the the weight it is under, (laughs) um, and giving yourself grace, I think really that's what it's about is giving yourself grace. Uh, Tracy brought up a great point about learning how to say no in in your motherhood, in your spousal, in your entrepreneur journey, in your employee journey, whatever you are. Learning to say no, God, it's like the most adulting <laughs> you can do in your life. Like you have you have unlocked another level of adult Jumanji. When you can learn to say no to more things and more people. Absolutely. Because we tend just to want to say yes to everything. Yeah, absolutely. I can do that. Yeah. I don't want to be perceived as incompetent. Yeah, no, of course I can do that. I don't want to be seen as lesser than. Like, right. It's like, no, just say no for your own mental peace. (laughs) Because really there's going to be a breaking point
1: we all have them a dinner plate. You can only put so many different dishes on that plate, right? Like you have your green bean casserole, you have your turkey, you have your yams, you have this, you have that. You can only put so many things on that plate before things start falling off. Right. And what do you want to have fall off? I know for me, I cannot have hockey fall off. I cannot have my kids fall off. I cannot have my husband fall off. I cannot have my own self-care and mental health fall off. I cannot have either one of my businesses fall off. I cannot have my friends fall off. I cannot have my relationship with God fall off. I cannot have my podcast fall off, right? So like these things are all equally important. They can't fall off. So I need to stop saying yes to everything.
0: Yeah, I think it's all about deciding what really brings you, like Marie Kondo. like what sparks the most joy for you? Whatever right. sparks the most joy and brings the most fulfillment and is really the most important, like prioritizing, You know, that's what you say yes to. And even understanding that priorities are fluid. It doesn't mean never say no to your kids. It doesn't mean never say no to your husband. It doesn't mean never say no to, you know, whatever. But it means that this is still a priority, but it's a no right now. But it doesn't mean a no forever. You know, I'm not saying to my children uh, in behavioral psychology, we call it a functional no, right? So your kid's like, can I have a snack? And rather than saying no, you know, you're saying Yes, I know you want a snack. And yes, you can absolutely have a snack. Let's maybe think about doing one tonight after dinner instead of right now, right? So it's just like, yes, I would absolutely love to volunteer at the bake sale, Jennifer. But unfortunately, this Thursday doesn't work for me. But you know what? The next time around something like this comes up, please hit me up and I'll see if it fits into my schedule. There you go. Right. Even if you're not doing anything Thursday night, it's okay to say no.
1: <laughs> right. Especially if you are feeling that pull right now of like that mental load, and you're feeling like you're just getting more and more and more deep into that hole. Absolutely, say no to the bake sale. Jennifer will understand. <laughs> right. And maybe she doesn't understand. Screw
0: Jennifer. Maybe she doesn't need to be a friend.
1: Because <laughs> pray for her because maybe she got her
0: own mental load going on. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just about giving yourself grace. Uh, allowing yourself to say no some more and understanding really who, who your most authentic self is because chances are you're not saying yes because you want to, you're saying yes because you feel like you have to um, and really doing some more self-exploration around why you feel the need to say yes all the time to everything and everybody around you because that helps you get into some deeper shadow work about, you know, uh, maybe some subconscious things that you know you're dealing with as far as your self worth and you know who you are at your core. Because um, I know for me, when I started allowing myself to have more boundaries around my time, even with my kids and my family and my husband and my interests and my friends, my business and everything, I found that it's because I was growing to be more confident in who I was, and it became I became more unshakable. Whereas when I had weaker boundaries and I was saying yes to a lot and I was piling everything on or allowing other people to pile stuff on, it's because I wasn't really sure about who I was. It's because I was using this, this, these quantifiable tasks to show people that I could do something, that I was worth it, that I could accomplish things.
1: As those tasks inevitably start to fall off the plate or start to be um, done in an incomplete fashion, right? Like you're not doing 110% on all of those things because you're a human being and not a robot. Then that just lessens your own self-worth that you have, right? Right. That just makes that voice in your head that tells you you're unworthy of all of these things even louder. We're doing Mm -hmm.
0: it to ourselves. right? Yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah, I mean, and as much as we really want to hold that resentment towards these other circumstances and people in our lives, we essentially gave them permission to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like we didn't lock our doors and build a fence around our properties so we can't get mad when people come on to it. <laughs> you know, it's like we didn't clearly establish those boundaries. And I'm not saying you have to have like really rigid boundaries around, you know, your family or whatever. But if you're creating a lifestyle that when it occurs, you naturally are just enraged by that, then that means you have really poor... Boundaries and expectations that are not clear. They're not clear to the people around you or in your life, right? So I hear all the time, and I was one of those thousands when I was younger. Oh, my husband works all day, and I've been doing this with the kids, and I was cleaning, and I made dinner, and I did this. And he just comes right home and just hops on video games and comes to, comes to bed at 3 a.m. And it's like he repeats the process every weekday, right? And they get really mad. Well, why is it happening? Well, because you're giving permission for it to continue living because your boundaries are are poor. You know, I felt like me establishing those boundaries and saying, hey, I don't like it when this happens. It makes me feel this type of way. I would really feel like things would be more equitable if you helped out after you got home from work. Hey, I'm open to hearing how you're really tired and you don't want to do this, 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 but I really want you to hear how I am too. (laughs) Right. And you kind of come to this, this compromise, you want to instead have this like silent resentment because you expect that they should just know. And you're right. They should to an extent they're adults. They should know, but there
1: needs to be balance. Like they need to open their eyes and see simple daily things that are happening. Like if the chores are being done every single day, they should see that. But also at the same time, we have to have that balance of like, I don't expect you to be a mind reader. I will open right. my mouth and I will say to you what I need. However, comma, mm-hmm. for effect. As the person hearing that your spouse yes. needs something from you, you need to be open to that. You can exactly. expect them to open their mouth and tell you what they need. If every single time you do your, or they, every single time they tell you they need something, you're like, "What do I not already do enough? Or, like, right. not receptive to it. You have to be able to hear that, like, something might need to change a little bit.
0: Absolutely. You know, and I think it was a couple of podcasts back, probably several podcasts back now that we kind of talked about, like, how to communicate what you need with I statements, like, how to effectively communicate these things. So, like, how to talk so people will listen. Because there is an art to it. Because a lot of times we don't talk to be... um We talk to be heard. We don't talk to listen. We don't talk to we don't go into a conversation like I'm gonna hear them. We go in like you're gonna hear me. (laughs) Right.
1: Um it is you and me against each other versus you and me against the problem. And it should always in every relationship be you and me against the problem.
0: Absolutely. And I and I think that when we don't clearly iterate what our expectations are or or what these feelings are that we're having before they become resentment is we're, we're partially to blame because we're humans and we're conditioned. We are easily conditioned by our environment, by other people in our lives, by systems, by routines. And so your spouse, if you're harboring resentment for what they do or don't do, it's because you have reinforced and conditioned certain behaviors that they do And yeah, silence is a form of conditioning. If you don't say you don't like it, then it's permission. (laughs) It's permission to do it, right? So it's, and and that can be easily, that can easily sway the conversation when you're having like, oh, you, you let me, you know, you're like, I never let you. And again, it's this defensive conversation, but I think part of it is this self-awareness like, yeah, you're right. My silence was permission, Because I was afraid to tell you no, because I thought you would respond this way. I thought that, you know, you would compare me to all of these fake women that exist on the internet who were like, oh, I totally, I'm totally okay with video games all the time. I'm totally okay with you going to strip club. I'm totally okay with that. Right. Like the bra girl, right. That you're in competition with. That's like, is going to say she loves all these things, but I want to look
1: at all these men and be like, she's secret. <laughs> right, know, like, give her six months. Six months, right. she's gonna take off that mask.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Like like all of us, because again, right. you're kind of told, like, you should be okay with these things. No. You should fit into this kind of and so we do, and then we slowly realize, like, wait, it's uncomfortable in this box. I don't like it. I want to get out. Um, but again, you're conditioning the, the person that you're living with or the person you're in a relationship with, and the same thing with your children, you're conditioning them. So if every single time you respond is after the 50th time they're like mom 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 and they're screaming and you're like what guess what they're gonna do more guess what you're gonna hear more of throughout the day more screaming more yelling more mom, 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 mom like all that stuff and you're gonna just say how the hell did I get here I have a baby nope. on my hip this one's screaming mom dinner's boiling over my husband's over here playing video games blah 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 And it's not like I'm sitting here saying, Oh, it's all your fault. That's not what I'm saying, but I am saying the empowering part is you can change it. Yeah. And you can say, I don't want to carry these anymore. Like you are holding it. You're the hands that are holding it. You can actually take those hands and set the tray down and say, I don't want to carry this anymore. (laughs) Right. I, I don't have to. And having that relationship or with your, with your spouse and having that conversation with them, like, Hey.
1: Hey man, <laughs> yeah, no, got to change. <laughs> I feel like the, the the easiest way, the number one way, maybe the only way to fix this specific issue that we're focusing on today is communication. Communication with your friends, communication with your boss, with your employee, with your your teammates, your coworkers. Yeah. Communication with your—I think I said kids already. Whatever. I even talk to my chickens, okay? I communicate with them. I over communicate because I understand very, very deeply the power behind communication. And honestly, if the one thing that I can teach my kids, Mm -hmm. the one thing, if it could be proper communication skills, I will die a very happy, very fulfilled lady. Because that means (laughs) that all 10 of them are now going to have a better marriage than they would have had right? Because they have those communication skills. They're going to be a better friend. They're going to be a better employer. They're going to be a better employee. They're going to be a better business owner. They're going to be better because they have proper communication skills. So we are the ones that hold that key. We are the ones, again, another responsibility for us, but this responsibility makes all of the other ones lighter, easier to carry. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's kind of like, yes, it's one more thing you have to do right now, but it will unburden you from all of those other things that you're carrying unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. And, and I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast or maybe like entrepreneurs or coaches or network probably thinking like, one, they're getting some gold nuggets because they're like, Hey, this is real life. Because here's the thing is when we talk a lot about entrepreneurship and systems and network marketing and coaching and whatever, that's great, but we're still people. We're still people operating in those roles and we would be so disillusioned if we didn't address some of the real life things we all experience because you as a person still have to wake up every single day and do these things. You still have to be the coach. You still have to be the leader. You still have to be, you know, the CEO, you still have to be whatever, and you're carrying these things. And yeah, all those other things that you're carrying on that other plate over there add to your mental load. And so it's like, you can apply these across the board, like Tracy said, over communicate, you know, let people know, like, this is the expectation that I have. These are my boundaries. This is how I expect to be, you know, uh, treated or or my time to be honored or how I expect to be talked to, or, you know, whatever the responsibility is to be divvied up. And when you do that, I just feel like it creates a much more healthy space for you and, you are more likely or excuse me, less likely, I guess, to feel burnt out and harbor resentment, you know, whatever it is harbor resentment towards a person or harbor resentment towards what you do or your business or your team or your boss or your, your customers or whatever it is. Like it can be easy to get in that space because it just, that mental load can just like be, it can pollute everything and just make you feel like, screw this, screw all of it. It's their fault. It's your fault. It's their, It's that thing's fault. It's like, you know, and, um, you know, we forget that where no one can put anything on your plate without your permission.
1: And mm-hmm. I think that's
0: something that took far too long for me to admit. I always wanted to kind of believe like, you're putting this on my plate and you're making this and you're making that. But it really is. No one was doing it without my permission even if I did it resentfully, like I was like, whatever, you know what I mean? Like that's still permission. (laughs) It's still like, yeah, go ahead and give this to me, even though I'll hate you for it. You know, if you know that you're going to feel a certain way, don't do it (laughs) because it's just, it's just such an unhealthy mindset to put yourself in and it's, you're not going to accomplish anything because you're going to be running around like a chicken with your head cut off half-assing every single thing that you do, feeling like crap about yourself because you're like, I can't complete one thing, you know? And it's like, do a couple
1: things and do them really well. (laughs) So scale back and then also work on getting a system in place to help you get the things done that you need to get done. Like, we all have responsibilities that we have to do. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. We all have different situations mm-hmm. going on with how many kids we have and all of those things. But the fact of the matter is, is every single day you have the responsibilities that you allow yourself to have. And those ones that you do have, you need to make sure that you're getting done in a timely manner and without losing your sanity. The best way to do that is to have a system in place for getting those done. Yeah. Time management, time blocking, um, figuring out how to delegate those chores. Like the greatest day in my life was whenever my kids got old enough to collect chores. The oh, fact <laughs> that I can hand out chores now and I'd be like, it's your job today to sweep. That is such a game changer. Sweeping mm-hmm. takes four minutes. It is not a big deal. But that's four minutes that I was having to to give out before, right? Yeah. And now just delegating that four minutes to an older kid, problem solved.
0: Right. And I think it's just like delegating in, in all things, you know, delegating. Uh, to your your partner, delegating to your children, delegating to your, you know, the people that you've had in your life at work, whether it's your coworkers or your team members, you know, um, hiring somebody out, you know, and I, I know in the very beginning of my business, I was like, well, I can't afford to hire like a social media manager. I can't afford to hire, you know, whatever, or some women, I can't afford to hire a cleaning lady. It sounds to me like you can't afford not to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like for certain things, for certain things, even if it's costing you your sanity or let's say if Tracy in a house of 10 kids didn't have to clean every single day, how much extra time would she have to, right. Do whatever work her business, do more self-care, do this, do that, like whatever it is. Um, and, and some of them, you don't even have to, you know, pay people. It's not even like, you know, cleaning the house. Like should be free labor if you got kids. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it really is just all about the power of delegating. If you do not have to be everything, And as amazing as you are, you're also not the expert on everything. And chances are there are people who could probably do it better and quicker than (laughs) you simply because they're not carrying as many things. And that's, that's kind of their role. You know, like there are some things that my husband can do better than me, not because he's better at it than me, but he's also not carrying all the things that I'm carrying. So he can accomplish it faster and better. I just need to let those things go and say, Hey, can you do X, Y, and Z? I also think you'd be surprised at your spouse when you eventually get to this point of open communication and you ask them for more help and they begin to kind of take on more. I think you'll be surprised when they start with volunteering. Like you'll probably think that you're going to be, you're going to butt up against a lot of resistance, which you may at first, you know, anything new, anything new, you're going to go through that extinction burst phase or it gets worse before it gets better. But, you know, I think eventually you're going to find that people crave boundaries and they want to know where they are. And so they're going to be constantly trying to live within those. And if, especially if it's a spouse and they see that you're happier and, you know, all of these things, they're going to, they're going to enjoy that too in time. And if they don't, then I think that's a larger conversation for (laughs) a relationship podcast that we may or we may or may not be the space for, but um, I, I definitely think in, in the long run, it, it really does help. I think it's just about validating like, ladies, we hear you, <laughs> we see you, you're not crazy. You're not dropping the ball. You're not insignificant. You're not poorly skilled or equipped or educated or anything else. You're overburdened and it's okay to let some of those things go and slide to delegate, to give yourself grace. And to kind of back away from some of those things to be able to get a better scope at what needs to be done right now, what is most important and what things am I simply taking on because I feel like they validate my importance, Yeah. right? Like that PTA bake sale, like volunteering at the soup kitchen, like, Hand making your daughter's costume instead of buying it at the store, right? Like whatever it is, what are you doing to try to be the Pinterest mom and the perfect wife and the ideal employee versus what needs to be done right now? And some of those things you can let slide. And then when you garner, when you get more practice from it, you're going to be able to say no to more things. And you're going to be able to more clearly articulate those things that you want more help with, with a spouse or a partner or a friend or a team member or whatever the case might be. So in closing, I don't know if you have any two cents to add, Trace. I know we've been kind of talking about it for a little bit, but I also think it's something that I haven't heard a whole lot of people talk about. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. So that's saying
1: something. You know, that's (laughs) fine. That's why I was so excited that we decided to do this after, um, the, the couple of weeks that we've had with you moving and all of the things that you've had yeah. to take and everything that we've had going on here. I was so excited to do this, this podcast, probably more than any other one. I mean, I love yeah. them, but this one, more than <laughs> the other one because it isn't something that is widely talked about, right? Um, yeah. it's not something that I've heard on a bunch of podcasts. It's not something that, um, I feel like a lot of people are, knowledgeable about or ready to admit that it exists. Like they might they might know it exists, but they're not ready to admit that it exists and that they need some help to get around it or whatever.
0: Right. And it almost just kind of feels like this whole quote unquote almost like how they have like invisible illnesses. I feel like it's one of these invisible things that women don't talk about because it doesn't feel real or or it doesn't feel tangible. And so when you try to explain it to somebody, mainly a spouse or whoever
1: yeah. You sound
0: you sound crazy. You yes. sound crazy.
1: You know the autoimmune disease of motherhood. That's yeah. what this is. It is the autoimmune <laughs> yeah. disease of motherhood.
0: <laughs> it's the fibromyalgia of motherhood. Okay. Absolutely. Like- <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Goodness gracious. Like I can't, I cannot tell you the amount of times. And again, no husband bashing. This is human nature. Everybody okay. thinks that they are doing everything correctly all of the time. Nobody is like, you know what? I really should do this better or whatever, you know, yeah. just, just trying to explain to my husband, the mental load. Um, I always offer examples and things, and uh, I know we've been talking about this for a while, but this, this is just like the most prevalent example in my life from day to day. My husband can come home and he can go to the bathroom and he can be gone for two hours if he wanted to Great. That's an option for him. And nobody is even going to notice Yeah. Nobody is even going to bat an eye. They will just think that he's not even home from work yet. Like nobody will notice. I cannot run to the bathroom for 42 seconds to pee without making sure that like six kids are in a specific area of the house so that I make sure no markers are being grabbed. No scissors are being grabbed. Nobody's being shoved down the stairs. The dog isn't going to run out the front door. Um, I have to think about like, other people's placement before I can take a 42 second break to go relieve myself in the bathroom. Yeah, and that's- I, I, that's
0: it's crazy. It's like what people don't understand. So it's almost kind of, it reminds me of, of like, um, you know, when I was going through school and they were talking to us a lot about a lot of these things they talked to us about, um, you know, privilege, what that looks like, depending on, on your, on your Color, you know your race, your gender, your uh, class, your all these things, right? And and you know when you don't know, you don't know, right? You just kind of go about life, and that's kind of how I talk to my husband about it. Is I'm like it's it's a luxury you don't know you have. Right. It's a luxury to be like, I'm going to go run to the store really quick, and he doesn't come back for three hours because he wanted to get a car wash on the way home. He wanted to stop at Lowe's. I was texting him every five seconds, like. What are you doing? Where, where are you coming home? Right. He didn't have to think to himself, how are the kids going to eat? Are they going to eat? Are they going to brush their teeth? You know, whatever. Like, right. Like he just knows the luxury of not having to carry the mental load of all of those things. Like your husband has the luxury of coming home and taking a crap without <laughs> being bothered, like, right. and having to think about these things. Right. my husband is in the military and deploys and he's not having to think. I mean, he's what he's thinking about is like, okay, I have to get, um, fuel stabilizer for the ATVs. And I have to make sure I cancel my car wash description. He's not thinking, how are the kids going to get to the doctors? How are they going to get to the dentist? What's going to happen with their school? What's going to happen over here? Like all, all these things he's thinking about like his stuff. Like he has the luxury of doing that. Whereas if I were to leave for a year. I would have to like pre-plan out every single appointment. I would have to like get groceries delivered like, to make sure they were eating things besides mac and cheese. Like I'd have to get groceries delivered. I would, I would, you know, I'm a 13 hour time difference. He would probably have to call me. Oh my God. Oh God, oh God Why are you picking up? And if I did that, he'd be like, oh, babe, it's 3am here. But if he called, but you better you better pick up right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's an emergency. Um and emergency literally, like, Do I get one percent or two percent milk? I don't know. What do the kids drink? Like <laughs> right.
1: it's literally just two because they don't they don't know, they don't see the privilege, they don't right. understand it. It's like, well, you could just get up and go to the bathroom, like, yeah, and have seven kids follow me. Walking right past you and right. ask me a question. Or, yeah, right. <laughs> you just go to the bathroom and come back, and awesome, beautiful surfer hair is cut in 17 different places because he got a hold of the scissors. Or, right. yeah, I could just go to the bathroom and then come back out and see that Rhett and Riggs are like punching each other in the front yard, and the dog is running around the neighborhood, and there's four chickens out in the street. That is right. a true story. Like, <laughs> and, and then really when your sons was- has a
0: black eye, and your and your husband was like, What? You were watching them? Exactly. <laughs> like, it took, not that this is a bad suggestion, but like I was going to the bathroom, the bathroom appointment you said I could have, yeah. <laughs> you said that was so easy to make. Right? right. But, and again, it's like, it's a joke, you know, I don't burn food, but my, my water, when I'm cooking things always boils over always, always, always. And it's a joke. Cause I always tell them, I'm like, well, when I'm not, when I'm cooking dinner, I'm not just cooking dinner. I'm cooking dinner. I am making sure that the kids finish up their assignment. I am loading up the dishes so I don't have to do it later. Cause I know that you're going to watch a show with me after. And if I don't watch the show, you're going to throw a hissy fit because I'm not spending time with you. And I'm trying to make sure that the trash is taken out. I do have to go to the bathroom. I forgot that I have to change the laundry over. Cause if I don't, it's going to smell like mildew and then the dogs have to get fed and yeah, the water boiled over. Like don't forget. You
1: also have to host Wednesday nights, team zoom.
0: Right. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> inevitable. I always forget that Wednesday. I'm like, it's Wednesday. Oh my God. Look at that. Um, but it's funny because like when he cooks dinner, it's almost like he has to like, look, he's like, I can't do anything else. I have to
1: cook dinner. Oh, sure. yeah, you know, that's and like yeah. don't even try to have normal conversation because like, no, I'm cooking. Yeah.
0: Right. And I'm like, I wish I had that luxury. Right. And right. that's exactly what it is. And I feel like that's that really, that, that viewpoint, that reality and that language around it really is what starts when you let it persist too long unaddressed is really what builds that resentment. Cause okay. you're like, I mean, we look in today's society with the whole privilege thing. That's why we have the resentment that we do is because it goes unaddressed for so long. People build this resentment. And then all of a sudden it's this big deal, little deal thing, right? Like maybe it starts as a little deal. If you address it right, you like nip it in the bud, but you allow it to just grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and and it becomes something bigger. And it makes people angry. And I get angry when like at things Richard has no idea that I'm angry about because I've had this silent resentment because I'm like, it must be nice. Right. As soon as you start telling yourself that, you know, it's time to have a conversation.
1: Yeah. Must be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Every single time that you have like one little bit of resentment, it's like building a a brick wall. So you're adding another brick to it. And then before you know it, your spouse turns around to like say something to you and they're smacking face first into a brick wall. You guys are so disconnected from one another. You're detached from reality. Your marriage is falling apart. You literally can't even stand to be in the same room with one another. Like that's whenever everything just totally explodes. So you have to realize that you're building these bricks and you have to stop. (laughs) And you have to communicate in order to get that wall down and, and no longer add to it.
0: Yeah. And and I know that it sounds, it sounds really silly because I don't want it to sound, I never, I, I usually can't stand the rhetoric when, when women kind of talk about or to men like their dogs, you know, like training them or like their cape, whatever, but right. to an extent from a, a behavioral psychology standpoint, not training, but conditioning when I was, trying to create the environment I wanted to see more of. Yeah. You end up conditioning your spouse and I'm thinking, well, if I can condition him to basically not do anything to help me out, I can condition him to do the other thing by rewarding and praising more of the, of the behaviors that I want to see. Well, you're not just going to, they're not just going to all of a sudden jump up and be like, Oh, I want to start doing all the things now, <laughs> you know, like they're not going to do that. So it was almost the way that you approach it with children. Same thing. I mean, it's not to say that, you know, your husband is like your child, but it's again, behavior is behavior. It doesn't matter the age. Right. It doesn't matter how old anything. Like right.
1: Species. So
0: it's, yeah. So it's just like, I would begin to ask him things I could easily do but I was asking him so that he would do, he would do it. And then it was just like, thank you so much for doing that. That was such a big help, right? You praise him. Right. And you authentically do it. And when they, when that happens, it starts to condition, you know, it was starting to condition my husband to want to help out more, to realize that he could do these things that he was helping. And it conditioned me to ask more freely to say, yep. Hey, is there a way that while I'm cooking dinner, you could take a trash out for me? So I'm not, you know, I don't want the oil, the water to boil over. Is there a way you can take a trash out so that that doesn't happen? Yeah, absolutely. And then over time, there were just things that he would do without me having to ask. And so I think it's really all about starting small. So if you expect that after a conversation, your spouse is just going to be like, yeah, of course, of course, I'll start doing that after ho- when I come home from work, I'm not going to play video games. I'm just going to, do clean all night. (laughs) You know, it's like, no. Um, so just starting, start by asking little things and making sure that you're, you're rewarding it somehow verbally. Hey, thank you so much for doing that. And I know in our head again, because you might, if you're at that point, you might have that resentment you might want to be like, Oh, look at you finally helping out, you know, with the trash or with whatever. You know? So I, I think that it's just also just really kind of all about speaking to my husband. He just got home. So my dogs are about to go crazy, but I think it's really all about, again, that communication. It's yeah. really just about just say what's on, just say what you mean and mean yeah. what you say.
1: Yeah. No, and, <laughs> you know? know what your boundaries are. Know what your expectations are. Know what will actually help you. Like in my instance, yeah. Him taking out the trash doesn't affect me at all. That doesn't help me nor hurt me. Him um, helping to wash the dishes, again, does not affect me at all. It does not help nor hurt. I don't care because I have so many children that are doing their chores. I don't care because I'm not going to do the dishes. That's somebody else's job, right? Um, What I need is communication. I need to know that like, I, I am just as valued in our home as he is or things like that. So know what it is that you need, know what it is that you're expecting from it. And if you don't know those things yet, that's okay. Do some self-exploration. Let's figure that out. Reach out to somebody. Reach out to me. I would love to help you. I'd love to have that conversation with you. Courtney would love to have that conversation with you to help you get to that point of you knowing what it is that your boundary is and what your expectations are, what you need in life to be able to live a fulfilled, happy, healthy, well rounded life, right? Nobody wants to go through life feeling like they are just stuck in a hole the entire time. They're doing bare minimum and they're literally falling apart every single second of the day. So know what it is that you need to do to get that happy, joyful fulfillment. And be able to spread that light and love and joy to everybody else all of the time. Um, I'm so sorry, guys, that we have kept you on here for so long. But this is just such an important topic. I know that Courtney agrees. Her dog right now is literally losing his mind because his expectation for the day is when dad comes home, he gets to bark. So I'm going to go ahead and close this out. We're going to see you guys next time. Um, If you found any value in this whatsoever, please comment, let us know, share this with your friends. Let's get loud about this. Let's stop letting this taboo and this stigma run our lives. We deserve to be on our priority list. We deserve to be happy and healthy and all of those things. So we love you guys and we will talk to you next time.